Let's try this a third time. Nope, it still tastes like shit. Ooh, ouch. Boot leather. Well, that sounds tasty. Definitely boot leather. Ooh, please give me some. Sweaty sock boot leather. Mm. You're really selling it now. Yep. Just uh, just put me in the liquor store with the free samples. Welcome to Whiskey, Wine, and Parenting. I'm Nick. And I'm Paige. And after the day we've had... We need a drink. Tonight we are coming to you from the patio, where our friends... <laughs> and marshmallows... Get toasted. So today I gave blood. Nothing unusual. I do it several times a year. Ah, yes, the the bloodletting of the Ironborn. (laughs) Or just donating blood when the coach shows up to work. Hey, so I got to ask, I met a guy that has hemochromatosis, and he says if he doesn't give blood often enough, he feels puffy. Do you feel puffy? Like his body knows that it's got too much blood and it needs to purge. I don't know, because I was just noticing, either this morning or yesterday, I was playing with my rings and I put them on my other hand and I almost couldn't get them off. And I have felt puffy lately, although I never attributed it to um, getting close to time to donate blood. Well, it makes sense, though. If you do it every two months, let's say, which mm-hmm. is about what you do. Every three months is what I do. Every three months. So if you do it every three months, your body is literally like, okay, well, we're going to lose a gallon. Or, or a pint. pint. <laughs> we're gonna or lose a gallon. A, we're going to lose a pint, right? So we need to, we need to make sure we're, we're prepared to lose a pint. So I could see over time your body, and I don't know how long he's been doing it because you've only been doing it for a couple of years. I mean, he could have been doing it for much longer. Yes. Uh, but I could see your body getting used to that. I could. Humans are creatures of habit, and that includes body responses too to a lot of, a lot of stimulus. Yeah. Although I didn't have the best reaction today. Oh, yeah? Normally I don't have a problem. But but today, um, a couple hours later, I noticed that I was feeling kind of lightheaded and I had a headache. And then I got a random nosebleed. So I don't know about the nosebleed, but I think I'd attribute the other, the other uh, symptoms to uh, that couple of beers you had at lunch. <laughs> yeah, well, I you know, tried to thin the blood out a little bit so it would, it would flow easier. No, but I normally don't have any sort of reaction to giving blood. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, that is odd. And me, on the other hand, who doesn't give blood for this reason, is every time I walk in there and give blood, everybody's like, oh my God, are you okay? (laughs) It's just a natural paleness. (laughs) Now, granted, I have that too. But I should, should make for an easy drunk tonight. Oh, yeah. Good times. So tonight I thought we'd talk about something a little different. Um, I don't know if the all the all of our listeners, all the the tens of listeners that we have, I don't know if they know about our situation. I know friends and family do, but we were displaced by Hurricane Harvey. What, what, what's the politically correct term? The politically correct term. We were affected. 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 Affected out the ass. Yes, affected like a motherfucker. Um, so I thought we would talk about uh, kind of what happened to us, but also kind of the house 
hunting and buying process uh, because we've done it a couple of times. Uh, this was kind of more, uh, <laughs> this is a little less planned than the other ones, uh, but I figured it would be interesting to talk about kind of what happened, the process of of looking for a house and the process of, uh, I guess, refurnishing a house. I guess that's a good way to put it. Regaining or replacing, I Re- guess. Replacing the house. <laughs> So Paige, why don't you run us through this a little bit? Let's like like it was a it was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> we don't have the crazy evacuation story. We weren't pulled off a roof or we and we didn't leave in a boat. We were actually debating on whether or not to leave, kind of watching one of the neighbors checking the height of the water in the road. And then we decided we should probably leave. Well, but let's be clear, we left because we're lazy. We really, uh, honestly, the reason that I wanted to leave is because I didn't want to carry two car seat carriers with infants in them through, like, ankle-deep water. I know. We did figure, we figured at this point we were going to get some water in the house. You know, maybe a few inches. We, we thought it'd be, we thought it'd be a, a, an irritant at best. We pulled everything up off the floor that we could. Oh, yeah, a good, a good six inches, mm-hmm. even in some cases. We propped my wine fridge up off the floor so it would be okay. Yeah. Even put the vacuum up high because figured we might need that mm. for some sort of cleaning. I don't know. And um, that, was all, uh, that was all for nothing. <laughs> but anyway, we decided to leave. Found a friend who would take us in. Well, now wait a second. <laughs> we decided to leave. We got in the Jeep. We backed out in the driveway, and the water was up to the hood. That is true. <laughs> it was a little scary. I was literally at that point in time thinking, we're, we're not going to get through this. Like, we're going to get stuck here and have to, like, get out. That would not have been fun. No. But, but then, yeah, then you had a friend that, that wanted to... Invites us into her home. And we made it out. We had to take a few detours to get there. Certain roads were already closed. But we made it out. Went to sleep that night. And then Nick got up the next morning to go check it out. So I got up the next morning and I went over to the neighborhood to see how, how bad it was, thinking that it wouldn't be any big deal. And <laughs> when I got over to the neighborhood, uh, I, I couldn't even get in in places because the water was already backed up to the road, over the road. Um, there was cars parked in the streets, and I, we were so far away, we couldn't, uh, there was no telling how what our like what situation our house was in our house had never flooded before we were told that it was the highest point in the neighborhood we just didn't we didn't know what was going on and then you came back and said you have to come with me I was like I need somebody to watch my shit I don't want to just park over there because I'm gonna have to I, I at that point in time I I knew the streets were flooded I wasn't sure exactly where to park and I knew I was gonna have to walk over there So we ended up going, the whole family packing up and parking at the elementary school, 
which was kind of the hub for the neighborhood. People rolling up in canoes, <laughs> National Guard flying overhead, lots of people milling around. So I started walking to the house, and I just remember thinking, as I was walking along, I had to wade across the street, which was probably about waist-high water. But once I got up to the sidewalk on the other side, I was, I was probably only like, like shin-deep in water. And as I got closer, I just kept getting deeper. And I just kept thinking, but, the, you know, everybody's always said that ours was, our area was the highest. So I keep thinking it's going gonna, it's gonna to change. So I get to our street and I'm walking down our street and I still remember there was somebody had a moving truck parked in their driveway. It was like a big rider truck. So it was completely obscuring the the view of our house. And as I got closer and closer to this rider truck and the water was just creeping up to where now it's about waist high and I'm just wading through it. I just kept thinking, well, as soon as I walk around this corner, like it's going to be high and dry. (laughs) Wrong. Yeah. Um, so by the time I got to the house, let's just say, um, if I stood in the street, it was, it was up to my neck. And if I stood on the sidewalk, it was, it kind of came up to my, I I guess my, my chest line. Uh, so I walked back and, um, walked through the house and, and there was a good, well, according to our insurance adjuster, there was less than four four foot of water in the house, but when I walked in, there was there was at least four foot of water in the house. Um, well, and when, when you walked in, though, the water hadn't right. finished rising because when you walked in, or the pictures you took, the water wasn't over the countertops. And right. when we went back, the water had definitely been over those 1970s laminate countertops. Oh, yes. Needless to say, our house was underwater, and not only just water, but it was, it was shit water. There was a lot in that water. Oh, the more I think about the, just the fact that I waded through it was probably not the most brilliant idea. Probably not. And the sad thing is people were going back to that neighborhood after that, like after it had cooked in the sun and there'd been ugh, all sorts of nasty. There was a, there was a guy who died in the neighborhood the next day who got electrocuted. Yeah. Cause he walked too close to like an air conditioner or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it was, but he got electrocuted in that water. That you were in. I didn't realize it was that. I didn't realize it was. I knew that happened. I didn't realize it was in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, I I do work in insurance, and I think that's kind of like one of our most savingest graces because I went right back to uh, Paige's friend's place and immediately started making insurance claims and calling FEMA and and making all the necessary arrangements, which kind of got us out ahead of everybody else. It did. And- and you having that knowledge helped us a lot of ways. I was tasked with trying to find a FEMA hotel or a place for us to live. <laughs> um, and then that's even a screwier story because my parents' house had caught on fire earlier that year because, you know, one catastrophe in a year isn't enough. And they were staying at a hotel because their house wasn't done yet. So my mom worked a little magic with the front desk and got us a room. Which was very helpful because the FEMA list was like 20 hotels over the entire Houston area. And, you know, the closest one to anywhere where we functioned was 20 miles. Yeah, it was ridiculous. They were awful and basically said, just call every day and see if we have an opening. Right. Well, then shortly thereafter, they just started doing the FEMA waivers everywhere. 
like a bunch True. more hotels started opening up to it. But it was nice because we were we had an adjoining room to our parents, so the kids could kind of like have a little bit more room. We could put like them that. to bed at seven, like we do, yeah, and not have to go to bed too. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. So, I mean, and, and that's I mean that's the long and the short of it. I don't really want to get into like all of the ridiculousness that that was and the cleaning of the shit house. And whatnot. But let's just put it like this. We decided after we'd had the insurance estimates done that it was better to cut and run to sell that house and and buy something new. We had enough money invested in that house that we could sell it and still I mean, I think we made what, five grand on it, but we <laughs> made profit. We didn't lose money on the sale and we could still look for a new house. Basically, totally flooded out house that has been gutted and professionally dried goes for about half price if you're looking for a bargain. Oh, yeah. Look for that bargain. (laughs) So, Mama, what you drinking? Tonight is Magistrate, a Paso Robles Restitution Red Wine Blend. Limited production. I actually like it. It's, um... I don't want to use the term sweet, like it's a little less sweet than my normal, because I don't really like sweet, but there's definitely a little bit more full taste to it. So I like it. Gotcha. All right. So I'm trying, I use that term lightly, to, I'm, I'm, I'm giving the J.W. Kelly a second chance. Ooh. <sighs> it's, it's bad, Paige. Uh, really? Yeah. So after I tried it the first time and it was horrible, I figured I would smoke it. What do you mean by smoke it? Well, so sometimes what I do with whiskeys is, well, one of two things, I guess. One is to take a charred piece of wood and put it inside the bottle with the whiskey and let that that smoked wood taste kind of penetrate or absorb into the whiskey. Gotcha. Um, so you do that for about a week. And I did that with the JW. And it still tastes like a pair of invalid's pants. I think uh, shoe leather was the term when I saw you drinking whatever you were drinking before. I'm, I'm reevaluating that taste now. Shoe leather's too good for it. So the other way that I smoke uh, cocktails is with a torch and a piece of wood, and basically you burn the wood until you get, uh, you get embers, and then you place a glass over it, get the smoke in the glass, pour the liquor in the glass, and then seal it off and let it absorb that way. Burn all the things. Burn all the things. So that is what I'm doing now to give the JW one more chance. All right, so what's the verdict? I haven't drinking it yet. It's, 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 it's absorbing. Oh, it's absorbing. It's okay. absorbing right now. I'm staring at it absorbing. But the thing is, if it's not good now, I don't think I've ever thrown out whiskey before. Oh, no, I don't think so. It's like I, sacrilegious or something. I think I'm going to have to. It's, <laughs> it's bad. Well, well, let's hope this turns out. I do hope this turns out.
so once my folks' house was done, we moved in with them. Uh, but it became apparent real quick that we were not going to stay there for six months and let a new house be rebuilt. No, it's a very nice big house. But it could get tight really fast. Tight really fast. And with twin toddlers, even tighter. Twin toddlers and antique furniture. Oh, yes. And, yes, that really thin glass everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided to look for a house. Uh, I mean, honestly, it probably it was almost cost prohibitive to rebuild our house anyway. They said they could make it work, but... I, I don't know if I can necessarily trust contractors that say we can make it work. True. So we started to look around and there was a house that was in my parents' neighborhood and we looked at it and we really liked it. Yeah, it's a pretty cool house. It was a very cool house. Uh, and it had been vacant for... Like over a, a year, Over I think. a year or close to a year. So naturally, my... My mind is going towards low ball offer, <laughs> which we made. And they promptly refused. And then we came to find out that the, they owned the house outright. And so they were just not willing to really budge on the price. And it was overpriced. It was definitely overpriced. So we decided to look elsewhere. And then that started the fun house hunting. House hunting. Everybody, if you've never been house hunting, house hunting is the best part. You know what? Buying a house sucks. House hunting, fantastic. House hunting is only fun for a while, though. Like, when it drags out and you just can't find what you want, True. then it starts to suck. But I was thinking about this the other day. I have no one either desire to move, but I love, I want to go house hunting. See, yeah, no, I'm good. Really? I'm good. Don't want to go house hunting. I, uh, I love it. I've always had a thing for real estate, and I've never done anything in real estate. And I've had a lot of jobs. <laughs> True. But we did. We did start to... We found a few houses we liked. Well, we found... Well, we eventually found some houses. Basically, what we were looking for was not in the area where we were. But we also had really good commutes. Right. So we are having to... Look at what a new location would do to each one of our commutes. Right. But that, that was still kind of a, a work in progress. But we kind of landed on Cyprus. Um, the newer builds is what we started looking at. Kind of that newer area. Um, newer neighborhoods, yes. Newer neighborhoods. And I was in it for the fiber. <laughs> I was in it for the fiber. I was, Google fiber? Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. They had ridiculously high internet out there, high speed internet, not high internet. And yeah. uh, I'm sorry, but it was, it was more than a semi. <laughs> I did notice you checking internet speeds whenever we go into a house. I got a thing. We even narrowed it down to... Two houses that we really liked. So we landed on three houses. And then... Three? Well, we landed on three houses, and then the one that we both liked was really not kid-appropriate, so we kind of ruled that one out. That was uh -huh. the one that was on the golf course. Oh, yes, yes. I do remember that. We were kind of really... It, like, 
it was it was that house that if it was just you and me, we would have been like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Yes, I remember that now. But we narrowed it down to two houses. And there was one house that Paige liked, and there was one house that Nick liked. Yes. Actually, we both liked both houses, but one of us liked one more, and one of us liked the other more. Yes. So like we do, we decided to hash it out in the car ride home and kind of give our best argument for why our house was better. Mine. Did you say mine? Yes. Mine was better. Mine had the best outdoor entertaining space. The problem is we haven't done a whole lot of outdoor entertaining since we had kids. Yeah. Um, So we're debating back and forth basically and talking about what we like about both houses. And while we're doing it, we're driving back to my folks' house. And it suddenly occurs to me that it's been like, 40 minutes. Yes, all in the car. 40 minute commute from either one of the houses that we were looking at, they were both in the same neighborhood, to my folks' house. Not that many miles. Just that's how commutes work in Houston. Well, it wasn't even, but that wasn't even rush hour, remember? That was just, that was just coming home. That it was, was, it was still a high traffic time. Rush hour is like four hours. Yeah, I guess it's true. But, I was like, do you realize that anytime my mom calls me and has me have to come over and help with dad or something like that, like that's two hours. Yes. It's going to be hour. It's going to be 40 minutes, let's say there. And let's say that it takes me 20 minutes to help and 40 minutes back. That's almost two hours. That's a lot of time away. And at that point, the house in my parents' neighborhood that was way overpriced became the right price for us. True. So we bought it. We got them to knock like one or two grand off. We got them to <laughs> knock like five grand off. But it was still, honestly, the, the house, I love this house. I do too. It is an amazing house. I love this neighborhood. We overpaid for this house. Yes, we did. But it was worth it to us. And you know what? When mom calls, because... She was backing out of the garage and forgot to close the gate on her Lincoln Navigator, whatever it is, and it gets stuck on the garage door. I can walk out our front door, walk over to her house, unstick her door, and come home. And it takes like 10 minutes. True. And the kids can ride their tricycles over to Nona's house. This is true, too. So, again, when you're buying a house... Price is only one thing. It's, it's the right house for you. Yes. For you. For you. Oh, wait. Are we doing that? Yeah. No. And then came the fun part. Or, or so we thought. Buying new stuff. Just... To clarify, I would say 90% of our stuff was lost in Harvey. So 90% of our material possessions, like down the drain, including Paige's car, are just gone. gone. And the sad thing is the 10% that remained was all the stuff that's on a top shelf. You know what it put on a top shelf? Not Shit the that stuff you, don't you want. Yeah. Or... Halloween de- or holiday decorations. And paper towels. Yeah, lots of paper towels. <laughs> so we tried to be intelligent 
We made baby registries and we made wedding registries. I forgot about that. Um, and I even, I, I talked about this in a video at one point that this is like the best opportunity in a shitty situation because you've had experience with things, right? So, you know, like you've, let's say like you bought a blender when you got out of college and you bought a blender because it was $40. Like you didn't care. It had three speeds and it did whatever and it blended shit. But then it crapped out on you. So the next time you went to buy a blender, you didn't buy that one. And you like kind of researched a little bit more. You bought a better blender. And then you got that blender. And you didn't like that blender. So given all of that information, you should be able to buy the best possible fucking blender for your needs <laughs> having had those life experiences. The problem is... You're not in your right mind. Yes, I can't say for sure it's PTSD, but it's PTSD adjacent. (laughs) Your brain does not fucking work right. No. Decisions are not necessarily rational. So it's like just an example. I was fixated on the fact that I had to buy uh, a new shoeshine kit. And I researched the right brush and the right towel thingy that you use and the right blacky stuff. And the fact that I can't name these items is because I never find my, I never shine my fucking shoes. <laughs> so uh, why was that so important? Like I just had it in my head. I keep finding stuff upstairs that I'm like, we had to have this. And I'm like, I still haven't used this. No. And we didn't replace Everything we lost, we didn't replace even half of what we lost. We did have a lot of shit that we didn't need, though, too. Well, most people do, you know, after a certain age in life. True. Uh, but I still, uh, I like the the shine thing is, is the one that I really remember. But there was a bunch of stuff that I was like, okay, I absolutely have to. I had to run out and buy a suit. I don't wear suits. <laughs> and the sad thing is, when we went out to buy the suit, I was going to buy two suits. <laughs> Luckily, they didn't have one in my size, so I only bought one. I don't, I don't wear suits. No. No, you don't. That suit's still hanging in the fucking closet. It still has the tags on it. <laughs> I would definitely say uh, only buying the bare minimum is the way to go. So here was the problem. And here, it's like, and... I hope that anybody listening, like, I hope you've never run into this situation, but, like, you get a bunch of insurance checks, and you've got to replace stuff, and you have to buy, you know, like, in our in our case, a house and a car and all this stuff. You don't know where you're going to land with the rest of the money and what the wisest thing would have been for us to do is to buy the house, buy the car, and then buy the absolute minimum of everything and then just put the rest of the money in the bank and, and you know, purchase as you go. The problem is you, you don't know how much money is going to be left over. True. So it gets to this weird, like, I have to buy all the things. <laughs> now, we were very fortunate 
in the donations people gave us. Oh, absolutely. So we um, we didn't worry about clothing for ourselves or our children right away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, man, people love to give out some pampas. What word did you just say? Pampers. Oh, pampers. Yes. <laughs> we got... Uh, we got a lot of diapers, which was awesome and a lifesaver with two one-ish-year-olds at the time. Oh, yeah. No, and I mean, and all the donations were fucking phenomenal. I mean, that was all great. I yeah. just... Uh, we really saw a lot of good in people through all that. Yeah, which you don't see very often, so that was really nice. And it was, really, it was a really good thing to see in a really shitty situation. I just still remember... Um, I remember the people that would come over to the house that didn't know who we were mm-hmm. and would like just give us shit or help us out. Like when, when we were like clearing the house out and stuff. Yeah. People who brought us food. Yeah. People who babysat. Yeah. You had a, you had a guy that you work with that he came over and was like leading the charge on that. And that guy brought tears to my eyes because he <laughs> just like came up and he handed me a bunch of like cleaning supplies and stuff and he's just like he was tearing up because he just like was so sad about our situation and I'm like you're so far removed from our situation that's odd to me no but there was a lot of a lot of good in humanity in that there was a lot of love there was a lot of cool shit and I you know I mean and here I am complaining about the fact that I still think I bought the wrong fucking blender (laughs) Uh, but no, I mean, so one of the really cool things that came out of that though, was we had to buy furniture and buying furniture seems like it's cool when you have like, you know, some cash to do it, but then you start, you start finding things that don't fit places or, uh, you, you know, you, you want to like a desk that goes in a certain place that. And I can't find a desk that's those dimensions. No, not the right size, not the right look. So Paige wanted a desk. A little writing desk, a little tiny, well, not tiny, but a little one. Just, just a writing desk in, in, to put in the master bedroom. Uh, and given where the bed was and the dimensions of the room, I couldn't find anything. Everything I found was either too long or it was too deep. So I was like, you just need something simple, right? Yes. I'm like, I can build that. So I bought the stuff, and I built her a desk. And I thought, you know what, while I'm doing this, I should probably film it, you know, (laughs) just because. Well, you do have a history of making videos. This is true. So thus was born Build Dad Build. Because I decided that maybe, you know, maybe building some, some things for the house would be kind of a cool thing, but I can also show other people how to build shit. And I get to reap the rewards. That's right. You're about due, by the way. You we built me to, stuff. We, yeah, we decided about every, every two or three projects is, uh, is, is, is something for Paige or the kids. Yes, so. I like that. So it's been uh, it's it's been fun so far. That's good. And you didn't even mention the burning. Oh uh, well, I do like to burn things. <laughs> Fire. I like to I like to burn cocktails. 
and wood in general. I'm sensing a theme here. Yes. So I think that blood donation thing earlier today is kind of kicking in. I'm about ready to poop out. It didn't have anything to do with those two Benadryl you just took, did it? Shh. (laughs) All right, let's go in. Thank you for joining us on the patio. Thanks, guys. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do us a favor and give us a five-star review. If you really enjoyed this podcast, do us a favor and share it with a friend. Until next time. We'll see you out there. Thanks for playing. Good night. Good night.